Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HBR Minute HCI podcast episode, I explore the recent HBR video, how the COVID-19 pandemic is forcing companies to build AI skills quickly. Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. It's great to have you with me again today as I explore the recent HBR video, how the COVID-19 pandemic is forcing companies to build AI skills quickly. A huge digital transformation is gaining speed, and to succeed, firms must focus on their digital core. The challenge for companies that have not been AI-centric is how to adapt. Many thought they had time to make critical adjustments, but with the pandemic changing the way we work, that is no longer a choice. The good news is that even legacy firms can quickly develop a digital core based on software, data, digital networks, and a fundamentally new operating architecture. Thanks for joining me for this episode, and I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip. Okay, who's going to start this? The age of AI is really defined by the emergence of a different kind of company, which is kind of a big deal because that doesn't happen in business very often. Traditionally, we've built companies around individual units and silos. So you have a silo around marketing, you have a silo around product development, you have a silo around manufacturing, because the silos are necessary to optimize how people work. But as more and more of the company is made up of digital technology, uh, then gradually what happens is the companies need to be built differently. Modern organizations are really built around a data-centric architecture that integrates the data across as many different parts of the firm as you can, and then efficiently uh, deploys technology uh, based on that data to power as many different processes as it can reach. There is no question that AI has shifted the way organizations are working, Uh, and really not even just AI, uh, but machine learning more generally and other disruptive technologies uh, that have allowed for more automation uh, using software. Um, I think of within the HR space, we have HR information systems and self-service centers for employees. We have HR data analytics and so many different um, types of ways that data and uh, computers work to, to streamline and to make things function more effectively. And this isn't unique to just HR. It's really, as I said, it's integrated throughout organizations. I think it is interesting that they talked about AI in terms of reshaping what organizations even look like. And they described it as really this new type of business 
that has emerged where the functional silos are breaking down because you have a data-centric organization that requires each area to communicate with each other to be able to leverage and utilize data more effectively. Now, I will, I will differ with them a little bit uh, in that regard, uh, that certainly this has been happening before AI. Uh, we've been seeing latticed organizations and matrix organizations and flat organizations and really uh, a push towards breaking down the silos and more interdisciplinarity, multidisciplinarity across functional areas of an organization. So that's not new. That's uh, We've been going that way for a while. Uh, but I think AI and integrated technologies and, and tech transformations uh, has been driving that uh, even more. So, so in that sense, they're absolutely correct. And organizations need to figure out what are they going to do to adapt uh, to this new reality? How are they going to adopt these technologies and leverage them and utilize them in order uh, to stay competitive and relevant uh, within this changing and shifting landscape? I think that's the big question. And AI certainly is a huge, huge part of that. So can I, can I just put something yeah, in here? Yeah. Yeah, what I can say is like the, the age of AI is not some distant thing that's going to happen. Yeah. The future is happening now. It is happening to us today. Even actually at this moment, if you're watching us on a website, you're watching us on your mobile phone, this has been enabled by companies that are squarely innovating in the age of AI. And the challenge for the rest of us who are not in organizations that are AI-centric, that are AI-first, is how do we adapt? How do we change so that we can also be competitive with both the giants, but also the newly emerging firms that are trying to make a difference? We thought we had time. We thought lots of industries had time to make the adjustment. Of course, now that is no longer the choice. We certainly find ourselves in the situation due to the pandemic uh, where organizations find themselves thrust into this new reality where they have to embrace technology more fully, where they have to, in order to survive, uh, they have to go more digital. So certainly those organizations that are more AI-centric uh, have a bit of a lead. And the question becomes, how do organizations uh, who aren't AI-centric, who might be a little bit behind the eight ball on this one uh, and haven't really uh, put in the work up to this point. I, I think particularly smaller businesses, mom-pop shops, uh, places like that, uh, and, and really cert within certain industries where technology hasn't been a, dr a huge driving force, well, now we find ourselves in a situation where uh, the pandemic has dictated to us the necessity for survival to be able to have more online options, to have more technology-driven offerings, uh, to be able to work virtually and so forth. So how do they compete? How do they adapt? How do they survive? That is the big question. And so the pandemic really thrust us into this new AI-centric future that was already coming. We were going down that path. And, you know, within the coming years, more and more organizations were going to adapt and adopt and and kind of move into that space. But all of a sudden, we're thrust into it. And, and we have to just in order to survive. The question is, once the uh, the pandemic uh, kind of calms down and, and people can return to work uh, and, and be safe and healthy. What does that mean? Has the shift in the pendulum uh, swung enough where this same uh, circumstance is going to continue? Uh, or uh, 
are we going to go a bit back to the way it was and we'll still see AI coming down uh, the pipe, but we may, might have a few years. Personally, I, th I agree with uh, the authors uh, in this video that uh, that ship has sailed. Uh, you, you adapt or you die at this point and organizations really are going to have to figure it out quickly, uh, especially those organizations that perhaps uh, didn't really truly adopt uh, technologies in the past. So the COVID pandemic pretty much changed everything. And all of a sudden, every company had to cope with this. And one of the most amazing thing was that companies actually did that. You know, my favorite example of this is actually like your local restaurant. Remember how crappy the websites were for local restaurants? If you wanted to go look at menus or what's on the special today, you'd be like stuck in PDF world on your little browser, on your phone. And overnight, just for sheer survival purposes, all these restaurants became digital. They started to work with the, with the Uber Eats of the world, the Postmates of the world to make delivery happen. And the whole restaurant uh, experience became overnight got digitized. And so you know what, Kerry? You know what? Like the QR codes, all of a sudden they're everywhere in the U.S. Exactly. Right? Because nobody wants to go into the restaurants and you want to go and figure out what the menu is. So you kind of grab the QR code from the from the door and there you get to the website. I was like, I was so stunned by the rapidity. And you know, it's like a survival, like it's a survival instinct. And this to us is the big accelerant. Look, I mean, it's real simple, right? If you, if you walk down the street and you notice that your local Chinese restaurant is just using QR codes to point uh, to their menu, you know, your typical multi-billion dollar enterprise should be able to do it as well. Right? Neighborhood restaurants is a really, really great example of how this transformation happened and how it was influenced by COVID really literally almost overnight. Lockdowns put in place. Uh, people are so concerned and we really didn't know what we were dealing with. And so people were put uh, in terms of restrictions on being able to go out and, and restaurants shut down. And if they were going to survive, they had to, to go digital. They just had to. They had to have delivery services. They had to have ways for people to order online easily. And if they didn't, they, they were going to die out. And so I, I think it's, it's rather phenomenal to see that kind of a dramatic uh, shift and transformation uh, of a whole sector of the economy literally almost overnight, uh, certainly within a week or two. And I'm a university professor, uh, and it's not like teaching online courses is new. That's been around for a long time. But at the university where I work, uh, we, we moved about 4,000 classes online in the matter of about two weeks. Um, there were already, of course, many online, but we, we moved to 100% online for the remainder of the semester, and that happened within about two weeks. Uh, that is crazy, that kind of a transformation. And the amount of work that people had to put into that and the amount of technology that had to be utilized in order to make that happen and, and training for people to get comfortable with that technology, it was tremendous. So within the, uh, the restaurant industry, uh, absolutely, uh, restaurants had to embrace it. Many, many did go out of business. But those that were able to survive found new ways to do their business, new ways to keep their people employed, uh, keep the revenue flowing, and, uh, and they pivoted in a, in a way that was effective. That is rather remarkable, and you can point to uh, technology uh, 
that really allowed for that, and in large part AI to help support services like Grubhub or Uber Eats or some of these other types of apps that became so popular during this time. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. People transformed literally overnight. One classic example is Mass General Hospital in Boston, which is a 215-year-old institution that uh, overnight in January, it really uh, re-architected its own operating side to deal with what they were pretty sure was going to be this terrible pandemic and terrible strain on their traditional resources. And so they integrated the data assets, they pulled in uh, this large uh, data lake, essentially this infrastructure that would enable you to very quickly create predictive models around uh, how many ventilators they might need, how many uh, N95 masks they might need. All of that had to be predicted. This requires a degree of centralization around the data. You can't have the cardiology unit have its own database away from the nephrology unit, right, away from the ER department, right? And not only do you, do you want all the data, you want to be able to look across all of these and then make predictions about where capacity is needed, where where do, where do you expect patients to come through and provide this view of globally across the enterprise? And this view of data integration, analytics, and software as the core is the big shift. It's almost like the pandemic was uh, a, an accelerator, really, of things that people had wanted to do before and uh, necessitated the deployment of certain systems that on the fly were re-architecting how the organization actually worked. This is another great example where uh, almost overnight things had to change dramatically. And so you have this, this uh, organization that now has to be able to uh, use AI for predictive analytics. They have to be able to understand a lot better, a lot faster um, what the demand is, what the needs are. They have to be able to, to not look into the future, but, but have good predictive models. And AI has a tremendous capacity to be able to do that and to learn in real time uh, from the, the 
continuing incoming data that is produced as you continue to go about doing your business. And so you see what you you see happening. You see this this integrated uh, data integration throughout the organization that allows for the this uh, this data infrastructure to occur to to be put in place for then for the AI and the predictive analytics to be able to to crunch the numbers and then inform the practice and inform the operations and to really streamline how things were functioning uh, again a tremendous a tremendous transformation that happened very very quickly and in large part, this excel- the, the the pandemic really accelerated this shift, this transformation, where we might have been eased into it a little bit more, uh, it, you know, if the pandemic hadn't occurred. Now we're we're put in a situation where we're up against a wall, uh, and in order to survive, we had to innovate. We had to adapt and adopt these new technologies and leverage the power of AI in order. To, to allow us to function uh, properly. Another great example. Another really cool example that we uh, have featured in the book is a company called Moderna. And the big aha for the CEO, Stefan Bensel, around AI and digitization was he had walked into uh, one of his scientists' uh, uh, offices in the early days. And the scientist was basically, you know, doing some complicated set of calculations, moving genes from one side to their side. And he had five screens all around him and was basically copy pasting stuff from Excel in one cell to their cell. That he saw as a nightmare because in the biotech world, you have a copy paste error that's going to put you back six months, nine months if something by accident got transposed or through some careless mistake. And he basically freaked out. He said, we can't have these large investments in our technology be driven by manual processes. And so he decided to build Moderna with the digital foundation and invested in in digital capabilities across the enterprise, from manufacturing to R&D, to clinical, to HR, you you, you name it. All of those had to be digitized and put together. This transformation actually helped with the COVID uh, pandemic as well, because they were able to, within 42 days, once the virus was sequenced, to then be able to submit to the FDA a vaccine uh, application. You know, they're still a startup with 1,200 employees, right, competing with trying to create a vaccine with large organizations in the pharmaceutical world. And if you sort of think about the scale of what they've been able to accomplish, it tells you the differences in processes that can be in, can be put into place if you have digital data analytics at the core of your operation. And this last example of Moderna is another tremendous example of leveraging digital transformation and the capacity of AI to really allow an, an organization to identify some gaps and fill those gaps and then produce something as tremendous as a vaccine in record time to be able to battle the pandemic. And it's a relatively new company, not one of the huge uh, pharmaceutical companies, uh, and very quickly emerged uh, as an organization due to the way it, it functioned and the way it leveraged data and the way it leveraged technologies and, and AI that it was able to compete with the long-established, uh, much larger organizations. When we 
embrace technology in a successful way, it bridges gaps and it allows you uh, to, to move forward in, in powerful ways. It requires some restructuring of organizations. It requires a different way of thinking about organizations. It requires a different type of leadership to be able to do it effectively. Uh, and they provided several really good examples in this short video. And I hope that ultimately this, this was helpful for you to think through um, some of these examples and to consider what, what does this mean for you and your organization? How can you uh, better leverage technology? How can you go about digital transformation within your organization? How can you leverage machine learning and artificial intelligence uh, to identify gaps and to fill those gaps and, and leverage uh, predictive analytics more effectively within your organizations. What is your organization currently doing and what does it need to be doing better to remain relevant and to stay competitive within the market? As always, I appreciate you joining me for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day, and I hope you have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.